Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. As always, we appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. You know, there's a verse that maybe not as familiar to uh, everybody as some other verses. Maybe it doesn't get mentioned as much in sermons. Colossians 3.25 reads this way. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. Did you know that that was true? In Christianity, that if you do wrong, you will receive for the wrong which you've done? A lot of people evidently don't think that based upon the way they live, based upon the things they teach. I think there are at least four things we can learn from this verse. First, the theory of inherited original sin or total depravity. This theory that the Catholic Church invented that babies, infants, are born guilty of the sin of Adam. We can learn from this verse that's false because man does not inherit the guilt of the sin of Adam. We will receive for the wrong which we have done, not for the wrong that Adam did. You can see that from this verse. Let me read it again, Colossians 3.17. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. So we will not receive for the wrong that Adam did. That's clear. This theory that the Catholics made up, that babies are born inheriting the guilt of the sin of Adam, is just false. Not taught in the Bible. As a matter of fact, there are a number of passages in the Bible that teach directly against that theory. For example... Ezekiel 18.20. Here's how that reads. Tell me if it doesn't apply to this particular teaching. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. So who's going to die spiritually because of my sin? The soul that sinneth it shall die. So I'm going to die spiritually because of my sin. Who's going to die spiritually because of Adam? His sin. Adam says the soul that sinneth it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. So I didn't inherit sin from my dad. And Seth, the third son of Adam and Eve, who we probably all came from, according to this verse, he didn't inherit sin from Adam either. Nobody inherited sin from Adam according to this verse. It says, the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him. If you do something righteous, I don't get any credit for that. You do from God. And if I do something wicked, it says, the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. If I do something wicked, you're not going to be charged with that. I am. If Adam does something wicked, then Adam's going to be charged with wickedness, not us. This verse directly contradicts the theory that infants are born guilty of the original sin of Adam. If you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. You can call us about this topic or any other Bible topic. The number to call is 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. Here's another verse that proves this inherited sin. False. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29. It says, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. 
But that's the King James word, inventions. Most of the newer translations will say schemes or sinful schemes. It's not talking about inventing a light bulb or anything like that. It says that God made men upright, but they have sought out many inventions or sinful schemes. Now, the question we need to ask is when it says God made man upright, is it talking about man, one man Adam, or is it talking about man in the sense of mankind, as some of the newer translations have it? Well, you can tell from the rest of the verse. God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Well, that's not just talking about Adam and the original sin. It's talking about God made everybody, mankind, upright, sinless, innocent. But they, that's plural, not just one man, have sought out many inventions, not just one sin, the original sin of Adam. Everybody is made upright, completely innocent. That's how God makes us, innocent, without any sin. I mean, he's, if he made a man guilty of sin, then God would be responsible for, for sin. He makes man upright, but the reason we're not upright is because we seek out many sinful schemes. Pat is born innocent. Not guilty of the sin of Adam. I'm born upright, made upright according to this verse. But the reason I'm not upright at one point in my life is because I sin. That's what the verse says. It's because I sin. Not because Adam sins. You see, that that should be pretty easy to see. I don't know why people want to continue to talk about this, this doctrine of original sin when the Bible so clearly teaches against it. Let me read Exodus 32, 31 through 33. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin. He's talking about when they made the golden calf, I think, while he was up on Mount Sinai. And have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Well, we read in the Colossians chapter 3.25, the last part of it said, God is no respecter of persons, and we see that here. Moses is saying, basically, they've sinned. If it's possible, blot me out of the book, meaning the book of life, the list of the names of all the saved people that God has. And God said, no, I won't do that. The one that sins, I'm going to blot him out of, of the book. That's exactly what we read in Colossians 3. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. No respect of persons. He's not going to cause somebody, God's not going to cause somebody else to be lost because of my sin. He's not going to cause somebody to be lost because of Adam's sin. But the Catholics and a lot of denominations have followed suit. The Catholics said, yeah, infants are born in sin. We better baptize them because if they die before they're baptized, they're going to be lost. That's absurd. The infants don't have any sin to be washed away in baptism. And then another passage, Romans 5.12. If you have a Bible question, though, or comment on this or any other topic, 877-655-6755. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. Perhaps the number one verse used to try to prove this theory of inherited sin is Romans 5.12, and it teaches the exact opposite. Let's read it. It says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Let's break that verse up into two parts. The first part is, As by one man sin entered into the world, death by sin. Well, that's true. Through Adam, 
sin entered into the world. He's the first one to sin before Adam. There was no sin in the world. So when Adam sinned, sin entered into the world. Now let's look at the second part. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now for the inherited sin idea to be true, it should have said, and so death passed upon all men for that Adam sinned. But it didn't. It says death, and it's talking about spiritual death here, passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So the reason I die spiritually is because I sinned. The reason Adam and Eve died spiritually is because they sinned. Didn't God tell them in Genesis 2.17, talking about the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in the day that you eat, you shall surely die? He didn't say anybody else was going to die, but Adam and Eve would die because of their sin. Ye shall surely die. And they did die spiritually because of their sin. In Isaiah 59, verse 2, it's talking to the Israelites or about the Israelites. It says, your sins and iniquities have separated between you and your God. Spiritual death is a separation from God. And it says in Isaiah 59, 2, the Israelites were separated by, from God by their sin. If they had been separated from God by Adam's sin, inherited sin, then they wouldn't have been separated by their own sin because they'd already be separated. But they weren't. They were born in a position of being in a relationship with God and they were separated from God by their own sin, not Adam and Eve's sin. All of these verses in the Bible, even the number one passage used to prove original sin, teaches exactly the opposite. No such thing as inheriting sin from Adam or anybody else. And we can learn that from the passage we started out with. Colossians 3.25 He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. We won't receive for the wrong that somebody else did. Anybody else, not even Adam. So we don't inherit sin from Adam or anybody else. The number to call is 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. 877-655-6755. Another thing we learned from Colossians 3.25 is that obedience is necessary to salvation because it teaches, Colossians 3.25, that if we do wrong, we will receive for that wrong. Now, if obedience wasn't necessary to salvation, then it would be true that if we do wrong, we won't receive for that wrong because obedience is not critical, not necessary. But the fact that Colossians 3 says if we do what wrong, we'll receive for that wrong shows that not doing wrong is necessary in God's sight. A lot of passages teach this. If you're not sure of this, I can send you a, a you know, a, an outline with 20 or 25 verses. Each one, each verse, all by itself conclusively proves that obedience is necessary to salvation. And we got probably 50 of them. Hebrews 5, 9, being made perfect, he, talking about Jesus, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, just think about what that says. Don't think about what some preacher told you, that all you got to do is believe in Jesus to be saved. Just get rid of those thoughts and just examine what the verse says. G- talking about Jesus, he's the author of the source of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. What does that imply about person, a, a person that doesn't obey Jesus? They won't receive eternal salvation, will they? They won't receive salvation from the source, Jesus Christ. Jesus provided the salvation. We don't earn it. He provided it with his death, his shed blood. He's the source of eternal salvation. But to who? To who? Those that obey him. A lot of people say, all you got to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to be saved. All you got to do is believe. No. You do have to believe to be saved. No doubt about it. John 3.16. But this says you have to obey Jesus 
to receive the eternal salvation provided for by the death of Christ. Jesus became the author, the source of eternal salvation to all them that obey Him. That's plain. Plain language. Anybody can understand that. People refuse to understand it because they want it to be something different. They want it to be that they don't have to obey God to be saved. That way they can live any old way they want to and still be saved. I can do this. I can do that. It doesn't really matter whether or not I'm obeying the Bible. I'm going to be saved anyway. That's what they want, but it's just wishful thinking. This verse proves beyond any shadow of a doubt you have to obey God to be saved. How about Matthew 7, 21? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So who's going to heaven according to that verse? Those that do the will of the Father, God the Father. Well, that means if you don't do the will of the Father, you won't go to heaven. Do you have to believe to be saved? Yes, but what if you believe and you don't obey? You won't be saved according to this. Only those who do the will of the Father will go to heaven. 877-655-6755 is the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment. Lines are wide open. If you want to make a comment about the Bible, 877-655-6755. How about James 2.24? Now, a lot of people teach, a lot of churches teach, that you're saved by faith only. Matter of fact, the Methodist Creed book says, Justification by faith only is the most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. Now, I said the Methodist church teaches that. I didn't say the Bible. The Bible says this in James 2.24. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Now, this is talking about when it says justification, it's talking about salvation from sin. You can tell that from verse 14. Verse 14 begins the whole section by asking the question, if a man has faith but, but not works, can he be saved? Well, the rest of the chapter, James 2, 14 through 26, is given to answer that question. Here's James 2, 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? What kind of salvation is under consideration there? Well, we know what kind it is. And he says four times in this passage that no, it won't save him. This verse says, verse 24 of James 2, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. We constantly are hearing that refrain from denominational preachers. You're saved by faith only. You're saved by faith only. We see that's directly contradicted by the Bible here. Now, who are you going to believe? The complicated jargon of men who say you're saved by faith only or this simple verse, plain and simple, clear, a third grader could understand it. You're not saved by faith only. You're also justified by works. Are you justified by works alone? No. It takes faith and works. Now, the third thing I think we can learn from Colossians 3.25 is that we will be held accountable for our sins unless we repent to get forgiveness. Thinking of Colossians 3.25, wouldn't it say, unless we get forgiveness, our wrongs will still be held to our account? Well, that's what it says, Colossians 3.25. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. So unless, after we do a wrong, unless we repent and get forgiveness for that wrong, then we're going to receive for that wrong. Let me read some passages that help us to see that. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It gives us a list of sin, right? As it leads into that and at the end of it, it says, They which commit such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you're guilty of these sins and you don't repent and get forgiveness, you're not going to be saved. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's because Colossians 3.25 is true. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. You've got to repent and get forgiveness or you're going to receive for the wrong which you have done. Whether it's being a homosexual, an adulterer, a thief, covetousness, a liar. Revelation 21 verse 8. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. On the judgment day, are we going to be judged based upon whether or not we believe in Christ? Yes, John 3.16. But is that it only? No, this says we're going to be judged based upon the things that we did while we're in the body, meaning while we're alive, according to what we have done, whether it's good or bad. If we sinned, if we've done wrong, we're going to have, you're going to have to repent and receive to get forgiveness for that because he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. You've got to repent. Luke 13, 3, Jesus said, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. There's no way you're going to be saved from your sins without repenting. That's true about a person who's not a Christian. He's got to repent in order to become a Christian. Acts 2.38 to believers, they were told to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. They got to repent. A Christian who sins has to repent. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So no matter what station we are in life, if we sin, we're going to have to repent to be forgiven for that sin. Because Colossians 3.25 is true. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. Tom from Tennessee, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, I hadn't heard your show too much, um, but uh, this is about babies and babies and baptism. But in particular, um, and you might have answered this a hundred times, I don't know, but I never have heard it. Um, aborted babies, what do you say about that? Are you asking, do I think they're going to be saved or lost because they have not or hadn't been baptized? Right, because it'd be impossible for him to be baptized. That's right. So. Now, first of all, we were talking earlier in the program about original sin, inherited sin. Okay, the Catholic Church, Tom invented infant baptism because they had this false doctrine called inheriting sin, and they thought we better baptize these babies because what if they die before they can grow up and become a Christian and get forgiven of their sin? So let's go ahead and baptize them to get rid of that sin they inherited from Adam. But we. Sh- the program. Did you hear that? We're showing there's no, no such thing as inherited sin. Did you hear that, Tom? No, I didn't hear that. I just all right. So, 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 Tom, it's a moot point because babies don't need to be baptized because they don't have any sin. We pro- prove from the Bible that Ecclesiastes 7:29, for example, that they're born upright. God made them upright. They don't need to be baptized because they don't have any sin. Now, let me mention a verse to you, Tom. I'm going to read this. It's Acts 8:35 through 37. You ready to listen? Yeah. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He's talking about the eunuch, preaching to the eunuch. 
And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, Tom, I'm going to ask you a question. The eunuch wants to be baptized. And Philip said, If you believe, you may. May what, Tom? May be saved. May be baptized. I, oh, eunuch said, I want to be baptized. He says, if you believe, you may. May what? May be baptized, right? Okay. So what does that imply about a person who doesn't believe? Should he or should he not be baptized? Well, it shouldn't be just an automatic thing unless he's a believer. Just like taking yeah. communion is the same thing. But what I was talking about specifically, I seems like somebody told me that you, you thought that anybody that wasn't baptized was going to hell no matter what, and no matter what age. And so I started thinking about aborted babies, children that were never born. That, but, but you know that their life is conception, right? You agree with that? Just as soon as they're conceived in the womb, they're, they're, yes. they're a human being. So there's no way in the world... They could have been baptized, so they're 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 going to heaven. Now, every right. aborted baby's going to heaven. That's right. Every every child that's that dies before they become responsible will be okay. saved. Well, yeah, you definitely have to be baptized to be saved. He that believeth that is baptized shall be saved. But we're only talking about sinners here, not babies, not people like I have a son who's 19 years old and has Down syndrome. He's not responsible. He doesn't have to get baptized to be saved. He doesn't have any sins to be saved from. In this passage we read in Acts 8.37, if you believe you may, may be baptized, makes it clear that babies are not scriptural candidates for baptism, Tom, because they can't believe. So you don't need to baptize babies. They have no sin. And But people, once they get to the age of accountability and get into sin, their own sin, then they need to be baptized to get those sins washed away, Acts 22.16. Does that answer your question, Tom? Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. All right, thanks for your call, Tom. Thank you. Larry from Iowa. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking my question. Well, it's not a question. It's more of a comment. Back to the children's children and picking up their sins. Uh, No, that's false. I agree with you. But there there is a thing, though, that that we have to remember that these children are raised in a sinful environment, they're going to follow. A lot of times they'll follow their parents, the things their parents do. But that's a whole different thing than inheriting in them. That's, that's, and, com- that's and completely wanted, different. You bet it is. And I want I wanted to bring that to everybody's attention because that's, that seems to be what goes on in our world a lot of times is, you know, uh, see mom and dad doing these things, the children follow right along and think it's the right thing. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, bad influence. That's and a bad it, influence, isn't it? And I appreciate your program. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Larry. Uh-huh. You know, Larry's right. exactly... Go ahead. Larry's, Larry's exactly right. People are lost because of their own sin. And a lot of that's affected by environment. We need to teach them not to sin. But everybody does end up sinning, and they can be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. But babies don't need to be baptized. They don't have any sin. Only those who grew up to be sinners 
need to be baptized. So Colossians 3.25, He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. Number four, it also teaches against once saved, always saved. The people that teach once saved, always saved think that once you become a Christian, after that you won't receive for the wrong which you have done. But Colossians 3.25 says that you will. Galatians 5.4 says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Well, the Baptist church says you can't fall from grace, but this verse said these people had. You can't fall from a tree unless you're in the tree. These people were in grace. They were saved. They fell from grace. They lost their salvation. Colossians 3.25 teaches once saved, always saved. It's false because even a Christian will receive for the wrong which he hath done. Look, if you want to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience, then call or text me at 256-682-9753. Free of charge, free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience, 256-682-9753. Call or text me.